Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you light me behind the cross. It is your word and your word alone. Let it go forth with power, authority, transforming lives, changing lives. Give us a heart to listen, Lord God. I pray there will be no disturbance in any form in the name of Jesus. Amen. That every word that is supposed to be received will be received clearly. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please be seated in the presence of the Lord. It's a joy to be here this morning. This message that I'm about to speak to you was given to me five months ago. Not today. Five months ago, God impressed this into my heart, but God's timing is different from what we wait. I want you to quickly take out your pads. If you have, take a pencil or a pen. I want you to write three things minimum that God has gifted you or blessed you in your life. Three things minimum. What has God blessed you with? What is the one blessing or the three blessings? And I think everyone should do it because this is a very serious moment. I know that God is going to minister to your heart today. Three things that God has gifted you or blessed you in your life. Minimum three. Don't write for your wife. Wives, don't write for your husbands. This is your gift, your blessing. I've titled today's message as Doing Nothing. Doing Nothing. I've taken it from two scriptures from Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 to 6, and also from Matthew 25. We are going to see. I'm going to show you four categories of people that are doing nothing in the body of Christ or in God's kingdom, whether wherever they are, whether they are serving in the church or serving outside. We're going to see four categories. My first scripture will be Matthew 20 verses 1 to 6. Yes, my brother. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire men to work in his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. About the third hour, he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, you also go and work in my vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. He went out again about the sixth hour and, and ninth hour and did the same thing. About the eleventh hour, he went out and found still others standing around. He asked them, why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? Five times the master went out and found people standing doing nothing. It is very prevalent even in the church of God. Many are standing doing nothing. I'm going to show you consequences in the kingdom of God 
for those who do nothing. I'm going to show you consequences, and this is scriptural for us to take words and to be careful. I like verse 7, it says, because no one hired us. It's a double-edged sword. There are certain standing in the kingdom doing nothing, but there are certain who are waiting to be used and not being used. So we need to find who are the people who are ready to be used also. And also look who are standing doing nothing also. So there are two types of people, one waiting to be used and one do not want to be used. So we have to be very careful in this. If you look, even today, that same voice is coming out. From the time he created Adam and Eve, he says, go and work in the vineyard. That same call, and that call will be till the day he returns. Wherever you are, you are called to do something in the kingdom and not do nothing. There are many people who are wasting their life, wasting their time, wasting God's given gift to you in the body of Christ. Your time, your life, and God-given gifts, you are just wasting it doing nothing in the kingdom of God. Brethren, at every stage of our life, from the time we are born, as a child, as a youth, and as an adult, as we work, as we grow old, become a grandfather, become a senior citizen, God has got a responsibility for you, and you have a responsibility towards yourself, towards the church, towards the community, towards the nation. Wherever you are, you have a responsibility. As a child, your responsibility is to study. That's all. Obey your parents' study. As a youth, you have a responsibility. Your responsibility is to work. Take care of yourself. Then your responsibility exceeds, goes a little more further. When you're in a time to get married, you have a responsibility to find a partner. That is your responsibility. And as you get married, you have a responsibility as a parent. And then, when you come to your final stage, before you could go home, there is a responsibility to enjoy the fruit of your labor. And if God blesses you with good health, be an overseer of whatever you're doing. Don't take command of it, but oversee what God has given you. In all these areas, there is a responsibility to us. But we have a choice to accept it or to reject it. The choice is ours. We can do three things with what we have been given. Number one, we can take it, keep quiet. Yes, my sister. Number two, we can waste it. Number three, we can invest it. There are three things you could do with what God has given you. The next slide, sister. Keep it quiet, waste it, or invest it, no matter what God has given you. To every child of God, please pay attention. Very important. To be rejected by God. One reason to be rejected by God is to do nothing. I'm going to show you scriptures. I'm going to show you three categories in the next chapter of Matthew 25 where three categories of people did nothing. And I'm going to show you the consequences for doing nothing in the kingdom of God. If you look at the first one, my first point is people 
my first point from verses 1 to 13 are people waiting and doing nothing. Waiting and doing nothing. We are looking at verses 1 to 13. And these are the foolish virgins, just like the wise, they were waiting for the bridegroom. So what was their mistake? What was the mistake of these people? They were virgins, they were waiting for the bridegroom. Let me illustrate this in a very easy way. Assume you are going on a journey. And I'll use the word going on a journey, you're going to take board a train because I come from South India, trains, that's what we use. You're going on a journey, you go to the railway station, and you are going to board your train. And for some reason, your train comes and you're not on the train. And I'm going to show you various reasons as to why you don't board the train. These are real examples. I'm also a part of it. I know people who have missed it. And I'm going to show you. Number one, you go to the railway station and then you realize, let me go quickly and have a bite. And you go to eat something. By the time your train comes, it's gone because the train only waits for one minute. Second one, it could be, you say, let me quickly go to the restroom because you're having a bad stomach. And by the time you go to the restroom, it comes, your train is gone. Real incidents. Third, you go to the railway station and you're on the wrong platform. And you find that your train is there, you run to catch your train, your train is gone. Next, you come to the station, you realize that you got the wrong ticket. And then you think, let me go and get my ticket. You run to the counter, your train is gone. I'm going to show you, tell you a very funny one. And that happened to me. I was supposed to go on a mission trip from our church we are sending. And I was supposed to board my, my train at 5 o'clock. I asked the driver to come at 4.30. The driver came and he knocked, 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 knocked. And I was fast asleep. He came back again, knocked, knocked, knocked. I was fast asleep. 6 o'clock, he woke me up. I miss my train. Many of us, we have stories to say. We are on a journey now. We are waiting for our train. I pray in Jesus' name you don't miss that train. We look at these five virgins. I want to illustrate two points to you. I want to highlight one thing. Number one, the Bible calls these five virgins as foolish virgins, verse 2b. Number one, the Bible calls them as foolish. Second, if you look, the master says in verse 12, he never knew them. A very dangerous verse to read. We cannot live in the kingdom and remain foolish in the kingdom. We need to be wise. If you remain foolish, the enemy will take you for a ride. If you look at it, they were having lamps in their hand. Just like the wise, they were holding their lamps. These virgins, what I want to explain is, what was their mistake? What do these lamps represent in their life? Number one, these virgins had a salvation experience, but after salvation, they did nothing. They were very happy coming to church, going. They were very happy singing, 
with the congregation. They were very happy to dress alike like all the other people. They were very happy to behave like the others. And when you looked at them and looked at the wives, there was no difference. They all looked alike. But the Bible says they were foolish. I'm not frightening you. In present day, there are wise and foolish within the body of Christ. It's the truth and nothing but the truth. Finally, these virgins were waiting with the wise. They only had lamps and thought that the lamp was enough. They forgot, like the wise, that they needed oil. What does the oil represent? What does this oil represent? Number one, this oil represents the continuing indwelling of the Holy Spirit in your life. Number two, the oil represents a consecrated life set apart for His glory. The foolish virgins procrastinated in trimming their lamps. They only did it at the last moment and it was too late. The gift from God was salvation. After that, they did nothing. And the Lord told them, I don't know you. Brethren, to those of us listening to this message, I'm not here to judge anybody. I'm here to judge myself. We need to regularly trim our lamps. Don't think at the last moment he is coming, we can do it when we know, when we see signs, when we see wonders. Don't do that. You will be surprised. We have to see, examine our lives and see if we are comparing our lives with the word of God. Number two, we have to trim our lamps and see if we are still in the faith and not wandered away. Number three, we have to see if we are still doing the will of God. Many of us start very well doing the will of God, but somewhere down the line, we follow after our own desires and what people want. That was the problem of King Saul. And he got rejected because of that. Following what people want, doing things what people want. Next, we have to examine and see if we are bearing fruit. What did Jesus tell to the tree? Let us quickly turn to Matthew 7, 19. Matthew 7, verse 19. Let me read it. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Last night in Vigil Night, we heard about trees a lot. And I said, Lord, thank you continuously. You're confirming your word. No fruit, bad fruit will be cut down. No fruit and bad fruit. Jesus went to the tree last night. Thank you, brother. God bless you for that. Jesus went to the tree. It was not the season. No fruit and the tree was cursed. You can say I'm green, but you need to be, be bearing fruit. There's no use of being green and not be bearing fruit. If you look at Matthew 24 and verse 42, Matthew 24 verse 42, 
the Bible says, therefore keep watch because you do not know at what day the Lord will come. So while we are waiting, we need trimming of the lamps and watchful. Trim, watch, trim, watch, trim, watch. If you're bearing fruit, if you're still in the Lord, if you're still walking in obedience, continuously it has to be. If you look at verse 13 in the same chapter 24, verse 13, the Bible says, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Not the one who starts, but the one who stands firm till the end. There are many who are falling down the way. Even if you have fallen, we have all fallen. I have fallen. But God says, rise up. You have fallen. Don't stay there. God uses people to minister to you, to get you back. Don't stay there. Come back. And God will use you. Let us ask the Holy Spirit to examine our lives to see whether we are bearing good fruit or bad fruit. Because of time, I need to rush. I want to go to my next point. The third category. We are looking at verse 14 to verse 30. Verse 14 to verse 30. It's talking about people who are gifted but doing nothing. Gifted but doing nothing. These are, sorry to say it, it's the word of God. They are called lazy servants. Lazy servants. If you see, what did Jesus say to a lazy servant? We are going to see what Jesus said, and we are going to see what is done to a lazy servant. What he said, and what is, going, what is done to a lazy servant if you look at verse 26, Matthew 25, 26, you have that, brother. Okay, the Bible says, but his Lord answered and said to him, look at this, this is to a child of God, pay attention. The Lord said to a child, he says, you wicked and lazy servant. In other words, you are a unfaithful servant. The Bible is very hard on people who are lazy in the body of Christ. Secondly, what does the Lord do to the people who are lazy with their gifts? You are lazy with your gift. What does the Lord do? Because God has given you the gift. Look at verse 30. I'm not here to frighten you. He stands as a witness to today what I'm preaching. Because this is the word what God has give, given me. That's the reason I kept the chair there. He stands as a witness that tomorrow you cannot say you did not hear. Look at verse 30. This is to a lazy person who's doing nothing in the kingdom of God. The Bible says, and throw that worthless person outside into darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. God is calling his child who is doing nothing as a wicked person and as a lazy person, an unfaithful person. 
If God can use me, he will use you much more. Give him the opportunity. Give him your life and tell Lord, use me for your glory. Please pay attention. This is very important. Jesus told that servant, even though you are lazy, you could have done one thing. I want you to say one thing. I want to show you one thing, even if you're, if you're lazy. I'm not calling you lazy, okay? It says, look at verse 27. See what the Bible says, verse 27. Well then, you could have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would receive it back with interest. When I was pondering over the scripture some months ago, I was asking the question, who are these bankers that the master is talking about. Who are these bankers? And I, this is the revelation that I got. Maybe each of us will be given different. When Jesus returns, he will open the book of remembrance. A book will be opened of remembrance of all that we do. Now let us assume for some reason, I'm going to explain who are these bankers. Just assume that you are not able to go into the world to preach. You're not able to reach out to people. You feel afraid to speak. You're not, able to, you're not able to do anything, but you are in the body of Christ. There is one thing that you could do to, to invest into God's kingdom. And that one thing is find out where God is at work in the world. Example, there are missionaries down in the world dying day after day every moment they are dying. There are ministries in the world who are reaching out. They are reaching out to the lost, these ministries. They are taking care of the sick. They are taking care of the blind. They are taking care of the lame. They are taking care of those who have leprosy. They are taking care of the orphanages. They are taking care of the widows. They are taking care of printing the word of God. They are taking care of expanding and Sending out the word of God. There are missions and ministries out in the world. God says, you invest your money there. Because God is no man's debtor. Look at, if you look very carefully at Luke chapter 14, verses 12 to 14. Are you sleeping? Say hallelujah. God bless you. Then Jesus said to the host, Matthew, you got that, Matthew? 14. 12 to 14. Then said he also to him that bade him, When thou makest a dinner or a supper, call not thy friends, nor thy brethren, nor thy, neither their kinsmen, nor thy rich neighbors, lest they also bid thee again, and a recompense be made thee. But when thou makest One a minute, brother. This is exactly what we are doing. I call you, you call me. I give you a gift, you give me a gift. I take you, you take me. We are very good at that. But we are supposed to go one extra mile. Look at verse 13. But, but when thou makest a feast, mm, call the poor, mm, the maimed. Wait a minute. Poor, lame, continue. The blind. The blind. And thou shalt be blessed. Ah. For they cannot... Wait, 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 Brother Matthew. You want to be blessed? You want to be blessed with your job? He says, call the lame. Call the blind. Call the crippled. When was the last time we called one of these categories? 
You want to be blessed. Go and find somebody who's really in need, who will not call you back and give you back a meal. But who will say, God, bless this man or bless this woman for sending me a meal, for taking care of me, for ministering to me, for speaking to me, for reaching out to me. Continue, my brother. And thou shalt be blessed, for they cannot recompense thee. For thou shalt be recompensed at the resurrection of the just. Yes, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous when you do things and it's not being paid back to you. That is your bank. When it is not paid back to you. Brother Matthew, uh, Proverbs 19, 17. Because of time, I will read it, brother. Proverbs 19, verse 17 if you help the poor, you are lending to the Lord. There is your bank. Every person who is not able to give you back, when you give to them, you are putting into God's bank and saying, God, I'm giving you because God is no man's debtor. Can I hear an amen? You still love me? Thank you. I'm going to give you an assignment for all those who love me. For the next one month, pay attention. Sisters, you're going to hold your husbands accountable for this. For the next one month, I want, to, want you to go home and write in your diary, how many hours have you worked which will only be paid at the resurrection? Which will only be paid at the resurrection and not here. Most of the work in the ministries, now please don't misunderstand me, this message was given five months ago. Most of the work in the ministries that we do are paid back to us some way or the other or not. Then you have received your reward here or not. But if it's not paid in any kind, then your reward is in heaven. And great is your reward. No matter what work you do, the moment you are rewarded here, it means your reward is finished. But when you do something and nobody sees you, Nobody appreciates you. Nobody thanks you. But you know that God is watching you. It will be written in the book of remembrance. Even a glass of water. My fourth category is the category of people. And this is on verse 31 to 46. Is the people knowing but doing nothing. Knowing but doing nothing. And that's the category of the goats and the sheep. There are many goats and sheep. Now don't say the person next to me is the goat, I am the sheep. Don't say that. It's better you look at yourself and say, Lord, if I'm a goat, can you transform me into a sheep? I want to show you the goats and the sheep category. Verses 31 to 32. Yes, quickly, my brother. When the son of man, yes. When the Son of Man comes in His glory, mm. and all the angels with Him, mm. He will sit on His throne in heavenly glory. All the nations will be gathered One before minute. Him. Yeah, all nations will be gathered before the throne one day. Yes, brother. And He will separate the people from one from another. One. After the nations are gathered, now the separation starts taking one. Yes, brother. One. As uh, one from another, ah. as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. Now there will be a day 
that you and I are going to be separated. A day is going to come. The separation will take place. The goats will on be on one side. The sheep will be on one side. In this passage, God is not only talking about his children, but he's also talking about his chosen nation, the nation of Israel. To understand the scripture, I want to show you this scripture in two different angles. God will one day judge every nation and people who have not helped the children of Israel. They have not helped. I'll give you a scripture. Number one, his chosen children Israel because of the promise he made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Number two, the second one is we, the grafted children. One are the chosen children and we are the grafted children. To understand the scripture, go to Joel chapter 3, verses jo 1, 2, and verse 7. If the ushers could quietly bring the children so that we are coming to a very important uh, part of the service so that there will be no disturbance. Yes, brother. In those days, mm. and at that time, when I restore the fortunes of Judah and Jerusalem. Ah, when I'm going to restore, there's going to be a time of restoration taking place for his children. Yes, brother. I will gather all nations. And I will bring all nations. And bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat. Yes. There, I will enter into judgment against them concerning my inheritance. So judgment is going to be given to everyone who were against his children. And I'm going to add a scripture to show even against you. So there will be a day of judgment to those nations and... My people Israel, for they scattered my people among the nations and divided up my land. Wait, wait, wait. Whose land is God talking about? God is saying this is my land. These are my people. They are my chosen people because you have not dealt with them wisely and carefully. Verse 7. See, I am going to rouse them out of the places to which you sold them. And I will return on your own heads what you have done. So when we do not do what we are supposed to do, God says, I will rise up. I will rise up. God is going to judge every nation and every leader in the world who has not done fairly to his children. Example, 1922, when Winston Churchill had all the things, he was making, he was uh, bringing out the rules, he was making a document, and he gave only 24% to the children of Israel, and 76% was given to the nation, to the Arab nations. In 1947, when again, when it was done again by the United Nations, the 24% that the people of Israel had, that also was taken away, and they were only given 10% of the land, and 14% was again given to the, to the nation of the Arab nations. These people who had a plan in doing these things against God's children will face judgment one day. Because God says, that is my land, they are my people. Brethren, among all the sins, there is one sin a child of God can do and go to hell. I'm sorry, please pay attention now. There is one sin you can do and go to hell, and that sin is doing nothing when it's in your capacity to do. Sorry, I'm going to say something. You might be a leader, a ministry leader, 
a cell leader, a deacon, an elder, a pastor, a pope, or a bishop, or even just a brother or sister in this body of Christ. I'm going to read a scripture, James chapter 4, verse 17. Whoever you are in this room, James 4, 17. The Bible says, anyone, can you say that word? Anyone means you and me. Anyone. It says, anyone who knows the good he ought to do and does not do it, sin. We know the consequences of sin. If it's in your capacity, at some given time, something is passing through your, through your, your life, through, through the place where you work, and if you do not do the good you're supposed to do for that person, the Bible says you have sinned. I don't want to frighten you. I'm saying this word frightened for the past four times. Quickly turn to Matthew 40, 25, verses 41 to 45. Read it quickly, my brother. The king will reply, I'll tell you the truth. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. Then the king will turn to those on the left and say, Away with you, you cursed ones. Wait, to the ones on the left. See, what a, what a, what a severe judgment he says. The Bible says God is calling them, you cursed. Look at it. Before he called that person, you wicked. Now he's saying you are cursed. How can a good God say this? You might wonder, because a good God has given you opportunities to do the right thing. Yes, brother. Into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. My brothers and sisters, hell was not prepared for you and me. It was prepared for Satan and his demons. The choices you and I make will end us up there if we are not careful. Yes, my brother. For I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty and you didn't give me a drink. I was a stranger and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked and you didn't give me clothing. I was sick and in prison and you didn't visit me. You see that? And you will say, Lord, when did we see you hungry? When did we see you naked? I want to tell you, if you go out in the world, hungry, naked, sick, sick is okay. Hungry, naked is not in bread of life. Nobody's uh, 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 naked here. They are in the world. In order to, to reach out to these people, you need to go the extra mile. Go out of bread of life. Go and see. God will show you those people. But there are people within the body also who needs. You need to find out who is in need to reach out to them. Brethren, a shocking thing. Most of us reach the unreached. We teach the unthought. I want to ask you a question. Do you touch the untouchable? The untouchable is not in the church. The untouchable is in the world. Are you reaching the untouchable? We come clothed so beautiful with the church, but we do not want to touch the untouchable because they are labeled. We have labeled them. We teach the thought, and we keep on teaching the thought. I'm against anyone who has completed the four discipleship level. Sorry, Pastor, for saying this. I'm against anybody who has completed the four disciple level and go back and study again. 
If you have finished, your duty is to do what you have been taught. Go into the world. Go. If, will you do that in the secular world? You go study uh, graduation and after working, marriage, you go, I go study again. Why doesn't you do that in the body of Christ? If you have learned what you have been taught, go and do likewise. Three years is more than enough. By the grace of God, we got a one-year program. You finish it and say, I am going to serve him. I'm not going to study back again. I'm going to serve him. I'm going to sit at his feet. He will teach me his word. And he will send me forth into the world. Amen? Last. What type of tree are you? Are you a fruit-bearing tree? Or a green tree? A dry tree? What type of servant are you? A wise servant or a wicked servant? My last point for this afternoon. The end result. If I do not use God's gift, I will lose it. I will lose it. The Bible says in verse 28 of the same chapter, take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten, ten more. I pray that will not be your portion in Jesus' name. I quickly call Lenji Fossi quickly to come forward. Quickly, we have three minutes more. My brothers and sisters, while they are preparing themselves, I want you to think carefully of what I'm going to say before they start to sing. Wherever you are, you don't need to come forward. I actually wanted to have an altar call today, but God has got his own plans. I want to ask you a question. If you take a stock of your life right now, where are you? Where are you? Don't say, I'm a leader, I will get away with it. Everyone is accountable. Everyone is accountable. Brethren, please don't pay attention there. Please, please, pay attention to the word. Are you standing and doing nothing? Are you a wise servant doing God's will or just sitting in the congregation and enjoying every week's message? Are you a profitable servant or a lazy servant? Are you investing into God's kingdom? Is my question. Are you a sheep or a goat today? Yes, we start. The question is, I want you to close your eyes as we are going to just lead in this song. And I want you to talk to the Lord and say, Lord, where am I today? Where am I?
want to make an altar call not to come forward. If you feel you want to rededicate your life to the Lord, if you feel that you want to bear fruit, if you feel, Lord, I want to do more in your kingdom, I just want you to stand at your feet, wherever you are, at your place. Just stand for a moment, we are going to pray. Wherever you are, there's no tomorrow. If today is your call, and you want to serve God, you want to serve Him, but all this time you have been sitting down, being happy, married, having children, doing everything, but you want to make a transformed life right now, I request you to stand. Keep standing. This is a solemn time between you and Lord. standing right now to rededicate their lives Lord we do not want to be rejected on that day to say you wicked servant but we want to hear the word well done my good and faithful servant that's all we want to hear Lord God give us the grace for those who are standing that they will make a commitment to serve you all the days of their life Whatever struggle they are going through, Lord God, I pray in the name of Jesus, you will help them to overcome it. And everyone who is standing, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, you will touch them, Lord God. You will touch them, Father. They will never be the same again. They will do extraordinary things for you. To the glory of your name alone. Spirit of the living God, I pray that you will fill them with extra oil. Their lamps will never dry, but it will burn till you return. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please be seated in the presence of the Lord. As we bring the service to a close, can we just stand and think back on what we have heard and maybe even 
take the thinking one step forward and think on what we are doing. Don't look to the person next to you, but look at yourself. What am I doing? Am I doing nothing? Am I waiting and doing nothing? Am I a gifted person and yet doing nothing? Do I know that I have to do and yet I do nothing? Proverbs chapter 6 verse 9 has these words. How long will you slumber, O sluggard? When will you rise from your sleep? Just talk to God and just tell him, I am available. I am available. Thank you, Lord, for picking me up from that miry clay. But now I am ready. Send me where you will and I will go. Use me, not as I want to be used, but as you want to use me. Just talk to God. For indeed, we do not want the words of James 14, 4, 17 to befall us. Therefore, to him who knows to do and doesn't do it, to him it is sin. Let not that be our portion. Father God, we thank you that in your grace and in your mercy and in your love for us, you continue to draw us closer to you. You continue to give us opportunities. You continue to invite us. Father God, there are so many times when you have called and yet we have not responded. Father, I pray, Lord, that none of us here will be counted in that group which does nothing. We pray, Lord, that in one way or the other, you will use each and every one of us. Father God, we do not want to be those who know you and yet refuse to serve you. Thank you, Father God, for calling us once again. And thank you, Father God, for those who have chosen this day to commit into your kingdom, Lord. Father God, I pray, Lord, that that commitment will not be for the moment, but be, will be activated and will be implemented, Lord. Thank you, Father, for your servant whom you have used this day. Pray, Lord, that you will bless him, anoint him the more, Lord, that wherever you use him, Lord, Father, you will continue to speak to your people through him, Lord. Pray, Lord, that you will bless him and his family, Lord, Father, and may they continue to be a blessing as they bring your word across to thousands of people, Lord. Father, I commit every one of us gathered here this afternoon, Lord. And we pray, Lord, that as we depart this place, we depart as those who seek to serve you, Lord. All glory be yours. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Before we share the grace, just a continuation of the announcements. Uh, just to remind you that on Monday, 
31st of October, we do have our Victory Night service. So please remember, 8 p.m. Uh, on Monday is Victory Night service. Um, and as always, we have three days of fasting in preparation for the Victory Night. And if you do have any testimonies, please be prepared to share them at the Victory Night service. Let's share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all, now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. God bless you, church. Let's move out. We are past time, so let's keep moving.